Uh, and just so you know, I have a delivery waiting, so it might be a, um, an interruption somewhere. Are you here? Yeah. I'm here. Good. <laughs> it was so quiet. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> I'm, I'm just enjoying the peace and quiet. Yeah. So, uh, let's start. Um, Good morning, Tinenia. Good morning. How are you today on this sunny day uh, in Sweden? Uh, I'm uh, enjoying the sunshine, in fact. Yeah. I'm uh, podcasting from the park. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's just me and a big fat wood pigeon. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. Podcasting from the park now. Um, yeah, modern technology. It, it, it's amazing what you can do with a mobile network. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. You're uh, podcasting uh, over cellular as well. Uh, I am. Yeah. Cellular. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope the sound is good then. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> we're doing uh, we're doing uh, another type of marketing here. It's a uh, it's a marketing experience. <laughs> experience marketing. Yes. So, what do uh, I have to talk if about today? You could only see the view, Janina. Ah, yeah, yeah. I wish I was there. Yeah, I'm in my little office. No, but uh, what do we? What are we going to talk about today, Paul? Um, well, it's uh, that time of year again. Um, we have a new edition of Ericsson Mobility Reports to talk about, um, which is uh, propful with uh, interesting facts about what's happening with the mobile industry and particularly, of course, five G. Uh, and a lot of interesting articles. But maybe before we go and talk about that, what, what else is uh, what else is new? It's gone very quiet. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> I got a little bit quiet there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd gone uh, off for another that, cup of tea. <laughs> I got that phone call. <laughs> uh, just one minute now. Hang on. Okay. So sorry. Uh, our tumble dryer died. <sighs> the challenges of the home office. <laughs> so we're getting a new one delivered and right multi now. <laughs> multitasking. <laughs> but but that's maybe a good tie into to, you know one of the things that uh, that came out in the in our quiet period since we last podcasted. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a report from uh, Ericsson's Consumer Lab that actually looked at what what's happening in terms of pandemic-driven online habits. Uh, with the co with yeah. the conclusion that they expect that uh, at least some of the things that we're doing now, uh, in terms of uh, varying the way we work because of the pandemic, some of those habits are, and, uh, are likely to roll over into uh, the world when we get back to work, when mm. we get back to when we get back to the office. You could say, yeah, maybe we won't be in the office as much as we expect. Yeah. And we will talk a little bit about the the impacts of pandemic as well when we are uh, talking about mobility report later on, right? Mm. A little bit. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we have a little bit of uh, different news uh, that uh, we would like to comment on, right? Uh, 5G India in India. <laughs> we can 5G start in there. India. Yeah. yeah. In India's What's big, happening India's there? It's a big market. 
India's yeah. a big market. Yeah. Um, uh, we haven't said so very much about India, to be honest. Um, but, uh, but because you know why? You know why, Paul? Why? Why they don't happening. have 5G yet? <laughs> yes. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Easy Ginny, because things are starting to roll there. Okay. Uh, and I know that uh, Nitin Bansal, who is uh, is one of the senior Ericsson managers there, he's he said and, and fairly recently that like India is ready for 5G. Um, and of course. It, uh, there's uh, you know quite a good installed base of 40 there already, uh, so it's not surprising that they you know that you could leap forward into 5G. Uh, but they've actually taken a step in that direction now, where the uh, where the government has uh, nominated four operators that are going to do 5G trials mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to get the ball moving. So yeah, to start start things off, start things. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. cool. Uh, yes. And it's, it, it's a very big market, but. Um, Maybe we'll hear a little bit more about how what happens in different parts of the world when we talk mobility report, because that's yeah. one of the things. One of the things that's uh, big there is a snapshot of what's happening now, but also forecasting uh, how are things going to go in different different regions uh, up to twenty twenty six. Yeah. Uh, what else is new? Yeah. What else is new? Yeah, well, we we had uh, some big news about uh, Vodafone uh, recently. They are uh, very active in Europe now, and uh, they they are they have some plans for open round. Paul, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, they've uh, made an announcement that they're going to be rolling out open round, uh, and uh, they've selected uh, a range of vendors. Um, I think two Asian vendors, Samsung and NEC, and uh, and some other suppliers. Um, and I think basically they want to kind of leverage the, the, the opportunities with the new technology, but at the same time, uh, new technologies only come along if people invest in them. People only invest in them if if there is if the sales there. So obviously this is a big stimulus to to that uh, sector of the industry. Uh, and it looks like the like the first focus they're going to be looking at is is how does, can they leverage Open RAN to improve um, like rural uh, coverage and performance. Yeah. Uh, which, which speaking as someone from a rural background uh, is is great because a lot of rural places uh, probably struggle with poor poor quality 3G to be honest so it's nice to see uh, investment in, in 5G. I saw, mm-hmm. saw somebody comment on on that news to say that uh, it's great this means that uh, we'll see some of the smaller players getting getting a share of the market. And <laughs> I, looked up, I looked up I looked up Samsung and they have an annual turnover of 200 billion 200 billion dollars. <laughs> Is that a small player? <laughs> <laughs> but talking about small players, uh, Vodafone also did sign a, a big contract with Ericsson this week uh, with with uh, for for five uh, G core. So I guess core, yeah, that's still just, needed for. Oh, five G core doesn't go away. Uh, so and uh, yeah, they I mean, they 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 are and they have been rolling out five G uh, with uh, us and other vendors. So yeah, for it, sure. Uh, the open run deployment is kind of a complement to the things they're doing in uh, in Fuji already, mm. uh, yeah. but it's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic in the market to to watch going forward. Mm. How about, about border rural. crossing news from Volvo? Border crossing from Volvo. <laughs> oh, Volvo cars. Um, 
<laughs> You're going to have to fill me in on the details here, but uh, I know the Volvo cars were, were involved with them in testing vehicular handovers. Yeah. Um, which is uh, one of those things, obviously, when you have a mobile phone and you move around, then uh, you need to move from one cell site to the next. Mm. So, I mean, um, and yeah. And I'll carry on, Janina. Well, just I mean, it's it's quite now we're we're getting more and more things connected, and a car is something that's you know they benefit a lot from being connected with cellular because it's not like you can have a Wi-Fi to cover the car. So I mean, that's the route to take with cars. So connected cars, but of course you want that connection to also work when you're traveling through different countries. Yeah. So, so the first thing that with the handover is, is it needs to it needs to work when the car's traveling at speed, um, and uh, and it's relatively straightforward, or you can imagine that it's relatively straightforward to arrange handovers when um, you're handing over between cells in your own network. Uh, mm. But when you get to an international border and you have to move into what is a separate network, then uh, you know that's a, another step challenge. Uh, and we've talked yeah. before about the the zillions of different milestones that we see announced in the press, and and this is just one of those small ones that that goes into making uh, making the whole system work. Um, yeah, and I think it more it's it's important for the user, the car, the mm. the consumer, as we call them. Like yes. Yeah, and and another small milestone then mm? um, was uh, we was what we've done with Deutsche Telekom yes. now. Um, at 5G, a bit like 4G, there's a, you know, there's a lot of focus on mobile broadband and broadband capabilities and even using it for the Internet of Things and stuff. But it's a bit like the old the old smart smartwatch. It even tells the time uh, your smartphone even needs to make phone calls. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down to the um, basics. Down to the basics. Uh, so, so the announcement there is is about uh, is about five G voice, which is which is not actually the first thing that uh, that, that was rolled out because uh, voice you can rely on the existing voice network for four G or maybe even three G to to make your voice call. Um, but ultimately, if you want to be able to turn off three G, for instance, you need to be able to carry voice natively on the on the the latest standard. So, five G voice is is a thing. Mm. Um, and uh, the, there they were talking with Deutsche Telekom and demonstrated multi-vendor uh, voice connectivity. Um, so that's obviously important because you don't know whose equipment and whose phones and all that stuff that you're going to be uh, you're going to be working with. Um, so yeah, another small step on the road to 5G. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a small thing, but I think it's still fascinating that the the I mean the voice is that is sort of like it's treated very differently from other stuff. It's a, it's like a different animal <laughs> there in the mobile world. Uh, the, you would think that that is the basic for having a, a phone in your hand the, that you can make phone calls, but it's so basic it that it's not high tech. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was very high tech when it came, um, but that you know the the, uh, the the volumes of traffic. The the interesting thing with phone calls is that the, the volume of traffic in a phone call is really really small. Mm -hmm. um, so it it becomes a challenge when you've got a lot of them, 
particularly in terms of signaling and stuff and actually getting all the calls set up. Uh, but you also have this uh, you know, real-time issue that to get voice quality, you need to guarantee that the, the next piece of the conversation is there at the right time. Otherwise, it kind of uh, puts in big pauses. Um, so, uh, <laughs> As you put in a big pause yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very direct. Yeah, it needs to be yeah. time. It's time yeah. sensitive. But, mm -hmm. but but of course you can do all of, uh, uh, you know you can do all of that today with uh, voice applications over mobile broadband. They, they they've been uh, become a lot a lot a lot a lot better at actually yeah. handling the uh, the the kind of random nature of the broadband connection because it doesn't really give, give you a, like a guaranteed delivery. Uh, mm -hmm. But as the speeds go up, then Know, the risk of you not getting a guaranteed delivery kind of goes down. Um, but nevertheless, 5G voice is uh, is telephony voice uh, of good good quality voice uh, connection over the 5G network. Yeah, it's it's actually amazing to hear the difference in the, I mean the in the voice uh, services uh, compared to the old phone services. The old phone services, yes, they were. They were designed to give you enough voice so you could tell what somebody said. Uh, let's let's hope we can dive uh, more deeply into that in an upcoming uh, program, uh, Paul. Because now we have a few uh, episodes planned now before the summer. We hope that we will uh, get a few episodes out. So sorry for being away from everyone for a while. Paul and I have been busy on other projects, uh, but. Uh, um, I, I love your optimism, Janina. <laughs> Before the summer, it's midsummer next week. <laughs> I have big plans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, also, other uh, private engagements. Uh, but yes. Let's see what we can do before actually, you know, the industrial summer of Sweden starts in July. We will mm. be back. But now. Let's talk mobility report. In today's podcast, we have visit from uh, our colleague Annette Lundvall, who is, uh, you're working as a strategic marketing manager uh, and you're also the project leader for the new, or you've been for a while, right, uh, for the Ericsson Mobility Report. Yes, welcome. I am. Thank you very you're much. <laughs> very, very nice to be here to be able to yeah. talk to you and Paul. Uh, great. So normally we have, or normally, for the last couple of years, we've had uh, Patrick Sjervall, uh, your manager. Uh, visiting this podcast, but this time he was booked and instead we have you who has been equally working for a long time with this project and you uh, you publish uh, this uh, Ericsson Mobility Report, which is if you haven't heard about it before, it's uh, it's all the statistics from about uh, mobile networks, right? Annette, tell us a little bit of the background. Yes, that's true. Well, this is actually the 20th edition <gasps> of the Ericsson Mobility Report. 
Wow. So we're coming up to our 10 year anniversary, but that will be in November when we publish the November report. I have not been part of the project so long, but quite long since uh, 2016. So that's five years now, this, uh, mm. this summer. So half so, the time at least. Half the time, absolutely, half the time. Mm -hmm. And as you said, uh, Janina, we, we publish uh, twice a year, so in June and November. And in between that, we also have like very, very brief updates where we just uh, publish the latest data on subscriptions and uh, traffic. Yes. So this is the publication that you should uh, keep track on if you are if you want to uh, have a sense of how many uh, what, how the mobile networks are developing all over the world. Right. Because this is data that comes from the service providers. Uh, everywhere, right? Yes, it's uh, it's we uh, do. Um, I mean, there's a lot of input to the report, of course, mm -hmm. but uh, one very important input is that we do measurements in uh, service providers network all over the world. All data is, of course, anonymized before it reaches our analysts. But uh, yes, so uh, input from that, and then also we have uh, cooperation with the uh, service providers sometimes for uh, mm -hmm. so-called feature articles. And lots of good feature articles this time I saw. Absolutely. Uh, four feature articles. And again, we're really, really happy to be able to have one that is co-written with the service provider. This is actually the third uh, article that we do with a North American service provider. And this time it's T-Mobile. So ah. yes, I can absolutely um, t say that that's a very interesting article and hope that everyone will read it. What is it about? It's about T-Mobile's strategy for deploying mm -hmm. 5G and how they are doing that using all three band types, if you like, both uh, low mm -hmm. band, mid band and also millimeter wave. And it's about uh, the strategy, why are they doing this? It's so they can unlock uh, much more use cases on 5G, but also about how much the, the capacity will increase in the network. Uh, it's actually so that in the coming few years, they uh, expect to increase the capacity 14 times in the network by having this strategy. Uh -huh. And it also gives a very good overview of uh, the mid-band situation in the US and also goes into characteristics of the different band types, the, the low, mid and millimeter wave. So very interesting. Yeah. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, graphic in there or a chart in there that compares um, the delivered performance on 4G compared to using 5G uh, mid-band, uh, yes. how things are today in a number yes. of different cities. Yes. And you can see there that, you know, the average download speeds for 4G is somewhere between 100 and 150 megabits per second, and 5G is up around 250 megabits per second. So quite a significant uplift uh, it, it just is. using mid-band. It is, and, and th this is also actually comparing uh, the a mix of 4G and 5G and then compared to only 5G. So it, if uh, the comparison measurements were only 4G, I think the difference ah, would have been, ah, even, oh, the difference sorry, would have been did, yeah. even bigger. So, I yeah. corrected, yeah. So this, yeah. Is, this is showing how uh, yeah, dedicated 5G outperforms right. uh, trying to share 4G and 5G. Yes. Yes. Uh, but of course, uh, still a lot of users using 4G. So you you want the ability to still want the ability to to use uh, some of your spectrum for delivering oh, 4G and 5G. Absolutely, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I haven't read that article, but I guess I need to read it uh, because we will dive deeper into the uh, 
what's happening with 5G in the US uh, very shortly in an upcoming podcast. Uh, so we'll read it before that. Uh, it sounds interesting, really interesting. And and it's interesting also to hear that you've had uh, your, this is now the fourth big uh, American service provider that you have uh, visiting this uh, mobility report. Yes, and it's, cool. uh, it's we've done ma- many more. I think we've done something like 12 with service providers. Mm. But in North America, it's it's actually the third. I don't know if I said the fourth, but it's it's the third of the, the major. So we've done articles now with all the three major operators with Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile. And I, I also... Account, uh, counted Sprint. I thought you would have done one with Sprint because <laughs> that's what I thought for. <laughs> I think you said four, but did you I, may, I may have. Yeah, <laughs> I get so excited about this, you know, the, so I may have exaggerated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not easy to keep track of them, but the I would say that uh, the four big service providers in yeah. the US have become three, so it yes. is somewhere that's, between that's four. true yeah. so, so so we've had three and a half operators <laughs> three and a half operators yeah ah uh, good good but let's uh, go back and focus a little bit on the news about 5g because now uh, you have have you is this new numbers now have you added a year or is this updated numbers annette on 5G. It's, it's, it's both, I should mm-hmm. say. The forecast period is actually the same as in November. We always change forecast period in November. So mm-hmm. it is still end of 2020 to end of 2026. But we have added a new figure. And that is that because we think it's a really an amazing milestone that we will pass half a billion 5G subscriptions this year. And when we get to the end of this year, it will actually be close to 600 million 5G subscriptions. So sometimes we have tended to focus just on sort of the start and the end of the forecast period. But now we, we start to see these great figures sort of in, in the end of this year that we wanted to really lift that up. Yeah, so five, uh, 580 uh, million 5G uh, subscriptions, that's over half a billion yes. uh, subscriptions though. Yes, subscriptions. So not and subscribers. Yeah, we need to, <laughs> and not we need to just either. quickly explain that, right? Okay, so a subscriber is more or less a, a physical person. And as a physical person, you can have several subscriptions. You can have several devices. So you may have one subscription for your smartphone and one for your tablet and perhaps one for your yes. your PC or so on. So that there's there's somewhere between... I think a 30% difference uh, b- between the number of unique mobile subscribers. And so we have now about a 8 billion uh, subscriptions. And the, the number of subscribers, I think, is something around, let me see, around 5.8 billion or something like that. In, oh, it, globally in the world. Yes, globally, globally, globally. On, on, on all standards. Yes. Yes, yep. that's that's all exactly, and that's not just five G. <laughs> yep. That's all standards globally in the world. Yeah, and that's why the number is can can uh, even um, mm. it can be bigger than the population in the country, right? The number. Yeah, of subscri- uh, absolutely, and I mean the number <laughs> of uh, subscriptions now is bigger than the number of people on the world. <laughs> in the world, <laughs> even that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but, but uh, digging amazing. into that. 5G number again. If I look in the look in the figures, that 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 seems to be dominated by subscriptions in 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 Asia and subscriptions yes. in North America. 
Yes, that's correct. Uh, the biggest, those are the regions that have the biggest 5G penetration, Northeast Asia and also North America. But uh, also actually something that is very new this time is that we have decided to split out the Gulf Corporation Council countries, the GCC countries, and they also have a very high share of, of 5G uh, subscriptions. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the, it's five G networks up and running in uh, uh, yeah Gulf countries and, and absolutely they were among uh, yeah. the first ones actually mm -hmm. to launch five G. You know, all yeah. the major countries in the region had launched uh, launched during twenty nineteen. Mm. Yeah, so they are sort of like uh, you have extra statistics for them because for for them because they are sort of uh, outliers. Okay. Yes, we. I mean, they are, of course, also part of the, the bigger region, Middle East and North Africa. But as they are quite, they sort of stick out. They are very advanced uh, countries when it comes to ICT. And they have a high share of 5G subscriptions already now. They have a high share of smartphone subscriptions. And there are many sort of big initiatives from the governments also promoting uh, digital uh, development. So that's why we thought that, uh, you know, when you give an, an average figure, it's it's never right. Uh, yeah. it, it, it gives the average, but uh, we thought that it, there are so big differences within this region that mm. we thought it would be very interesting. So for all the key data, we now have uh, GCC as a region. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. again comparing the numbers you talked about them being within the middle east and north africa numbers yeah uh, the, the, the forecast for middle east and north africa for 5g is about 18 18 18 percent penetration in 2026 uh, but for, for the gcc countries it's 73 percent so you know, i know <clears throat> You know, three and a half times the penetration in the, in the in the region as a whole. So you know, it makes sense to to split those out and be able to show that there is this uh, big divergence yeah. within the region. Absolutely, and then you should also consider that in these eighteen percent that you talked about, Paul, you have. Uh, the Gulf Corporation Council included. So if you would take away those and have the other countries, of course, that would be a lower figure yeah. as well. But when we come to 2026, uh, the GCC countries will be second only to North America uh, in terms of 5G uh, penetration. Mm. Yeah, should we move uh, to 2026? Has the change, has the forecast changed anything or is it the same as you uh, calculated in uh, the November report for 2026? The forecast it, it, we, it remains the same. So that's 3.5 billion subscriptions for the end of 2026. But this still means that it's the, the fastest uptake ever if you look at on the mobile uh, technologies. Ah. So it is faster than LTE, for example, and LTE was faster than 3G and so on. So it's uh, yeah. if you look at when 5G will reach 1 billion, that will happen two years faster than it took for LTE to reach 1 billion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, it, things are moving fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Things are but moving it, but along. It's interesting because each each technology kind of reaches a bigger proportion of the global population. So yes. when you come to swap out of technology, you, you've got that largest piece of population to actually swap out. So you know it's not it's not uh, not strange that the rate of change becomes faster as the population that you need to address gets gets larger every time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, of course. And also one particular thing or 
a couple of particular things when it comes to 5G is that, of course, China was much earlier in their engagement yeah. for 5G. So that's why it's also happening faster. And there has also been a much bigger availability of devices from many more different vendors. Mm -hmm. And the price points are coming down and so on. So there are a, a few different reasons for why this is happening. But also, of course, like you say, that there's a, it's a big part to, to swap out. Mm. Uh, and one conclusion one might uh, draw on that number then is that, I mean, now in the last six months, we're still in the in the pandemic. It's still the corona pandemic uh, going on, but that the figures haven't really changed that much. Uh, have you... Do you have any conclusions about the the impact for mobile networks uh, now on uh, after the pandemic? Well, I think if the pandemic pandemic, if anything, has shown the need for connectivity, mm -hmm. uh, high speed connectivity. So uh, the the service providers keep launching 5G now uh, or during this spring. There in April, end of April, I think it was, there were more than 160 service providers that had launched 5G. So it's just continuing. And so, no, we haven't really seen a, a slowdown uh, in pace in that way. Mm. One thing that seems to that you also have a, a, a section on in the mobility report is the, the fixed wireless access. Yes, that seems to be growing a bit. Though. That is definitely that is definitely growing in in um, in several different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, for the fifth time, we have done this study that when we look into service providers uh, offering service offerings towards their customers, and we can see that now on a global level, seventy percent of all service providers offer fixed wireless access services. And again, if we look at only service providers that have launched five G. This mm -hmm. figure is, is even higher. So 5G service providers are very much in the forefront when it comes to fixed wireless access. Then it's mm -hmm. actually almost nine out of 10. So almost 90% that have launched fixed wireless access. It could be both on the fixed wireless access service could be either on 4G or 5G, but still it, it shows that the, the 5G service providers are in the forefront here. Mm. Yeah, and just to clarify, of course, fixed wireless access, that's delivering broadband. So that could be home broadband or, or potentially to, to, a, to an office or something yes. uh, using the mobile network instead, yes. of using, in, instead of using cable. Yeah, and I guess that was a little bit uh, my my thought of it. Yeah, no, no, was no. Like, okay, people people might be working more from home. We've, Is that we've talked why? about it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have touched upon it a couple of times. The, another area that uh, you also have in the uh, mobility report that I know Paul is usually looking a little bit extra at nowadays when you're working uh, in that part of Ericsson is IoT. What can we see there? Internet uh, of Things. Internet yeah. of Things. Well, a couple of things uh, What we can see. Uh, first of all, we can see that during this year, what we segment and call broadband IoT, either 4G or 5G, will overtake 2G and 3G together as a segment when it comes to connecting the biggest share of IoT applications. Mm -hmm. And we also see that the massive IoT technologies, narrowband IoT and CAT-M, continue to be rolled out around the world. 
And here we can see that the, during this year, the number of massive IoT connections are expected to increase by almost 80% to reach close to 330 million then uh, at the end of the year. And when we get to the end of the forecast period, we estimate that massive IoT will represent up to uh, or make up 46% of all cellular IoT connections. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and of course, just to clarify, we're talking here about cellular IoT connections. We're talking about cellular of, IoT, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, largest, the largest number of IoT connections is actually in short range technologies. That, Absolutely. That just connect, Absolutely. connect things over short distances. Yeah. It's about four times more. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it's very interesting that with, uh, with the broadband IoT and critical IoT, because those, those are are things which have come on stream relatively relatively recently uh the, you know the need to connect devices with a high with a high speed link is is not a, not something that we were looking at you know 5 years ago or something no no uh, and of course to, today i would say that main, the majority of these broadband iot connections are are 4g but as we move along throughout the forecast period more and more will of course be 5G then. 5G, yeah. And critical IoT, I think, will become more important as as 5G takes more space and more room, particularly when you look at things like uh, you building dedicated networks into factories and things like that and using IoT for or time critical applications in on production lines and uh, in, in other workplaces. So, yeah, it's lots of lots of interesting applications coming through. Yeah. Now you've been working with the, this uh, with the publication with the Ericsson Mobility Report for uh, several <laughs> a lot of years now. What was the most? Uh, uh, what did you find most interesting in this version of it? Was there anything that uh, you were like, oh, that's odd? Perhaps already, so. yeah, something yeah, that we've I... already talked about, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the half a billion 5G subscription is something that really sticks out because then it sort of really starts to be um, something substantial. And, mm. and when you start to talk a billion instead of, of a million. So absolutely, uh, that was one. But I think also, and I don't know if we mentioned this already, that now the average usage per smartphone exceeds 10 gigabyte. And of course, many people use a lot more. This mm. is the usage per month. Um, Many people use a lot more, but many, of course, use a lot less. So if you think it, it's the global average, I think that's quite a fantastic number. I, I don't know if, I, if, if I'm using that much. 10, gigab- 10 gigabytes per month. That's the per global month of data. Yeah. Mm. Yes, that's a global average yeah. now. I'm, I'm definitely not using that much. No, I, yeah, I that don't. That sounds amazing. I, 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 I need amazing. to use my mobile phone more. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think we, we will do <laughs> But is that uh, is that um, then uh, both um, over cellular network and uh, using Wi-Fi on your phone, or is no, it? No, that, that's uh, is it only that's, cellular. That's, that's only cellular. Yes. Wow. Yes. So it is. It is high. It is impressive. Yeah. So that I think those two things uh, are probably what what sticks out the most. Yeah. And, and for just me. Uh, that, I mean, I think that, that, that that's really interesting number but i think it's also interesting that when you look at the 5g users how much more 5g users use compared to 4g because i think mm. i think that's contributing to the to that growth in the average absolutely uh, i think it's some i mean i don't have a global fact for that but if we look at uh, uh, south korea for example a 5g subscriber using two or three times as much as a 4g mm. 
so of course that that uh, contributes and then I think it was I mean I must say again that I think it was very interesting that we did this piece on, on GCC and I don't think I mentioned that but they are actually the the region right now that has the highest monthly data usage per smartphone it's as high as 18 gigabyte per month Mm. So, so that that was quite uh, stunning as well. <laughs> yeah, and of course there are there are uh, there's a when you live in the West, it's it's maybe normal to think of uh, well I've got my mobile phone and I and I've got my broadband at home, uh, but of course there's actually quite a lot of parts of the world which have poor fibre infrastructure and you know the provision of home broadband is not at all the same as it is in in uh, the developed Western countries. So mobile connect. Activity becomes much more of a mainstay for people's uh, all of, of their, their full consumption of, of uh, broadband services. Yes, um, so that you know that's one of the things which maybe contributes to to larger growth of traffic in certain regions yeah. because they're not offloading to broadband to fixed broadband because the fixed broadband infrastructure hasn't reached the same level of maturity. Mm. No, no, that's that's uh, absolutely true. Wow. I think that's a that's a super interesting uh, to see, uh, and uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to reading the report more in uh, in detail uh, over the next week. <laughs> I must say, so yes, but uh, really nice, <laughs> yeah, really nice intro here. Uh, uh, we uh, should also mention some of the other articles, I suppose. Uh, yes. There is an article yeah. with Cradle Point Absolutely. that I listened to a little bit, uh, the, the webcast about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Cradle Point, just so everyone knows, it's a company that was uh, bought by Ericsson not too long ago, right? No, it was, uh, when was it? In November, December sometime? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, less than uh, a year ago. Yes, so it, it's it's not long ago at all. No, so that was that's also a very interesting uh, article that I hope everyone uh, will read. Uh, it's about the overall value of wireless WAN, and also the new uh, opportunities then that are for new and enhanced services that are enabled by 5G. Mm. So uh, yeah, very very interesting article. Then we have just it's very different. very very simple there. <laughs> Please wireless WAN. What? <laughs> wireless WAN. Wireless it's difficult. One is, is wide say. area network. So, yes. so, so, so maybe to give you an example, um, if uh, if I run a chain of shops, for instance, uh, and I want all of my all of my shops to be connected to the same business network, then I create a wide area network that has all my shops connected, um, oh. and I can do that through fixed uh, internet connections, uh, or I can use wireless connections. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Continue. Yeah. Yep. And and then there are two other articles, which it, both of them sort of uh, touch upon the subject of AI. Uh, mm -hmm. One is about uh, reinforcement learning, which is a branch, I guess you say, branch of uh, machine learning within AI. Mm -hmm. And it's about how you uh, are using then uh, digital twins also to be able to to uh, these AI agents that they can learn in, within the this digital twins uh, environment before being applied in the live network. And here we also have two uh, customer cases actually, Masmoville uh, in Spain, that they increased their downlink throughput with I think 12% by using reinforcement learning. 
and also Swisscom, where they have very sort of strict regulation when it comes to transmission output power. And they were able to reduce that by 20% without sort of affecting uh, any customer experience. Mm -hmm. So that's also a very interesting article. It's, uh, it's, that's also one of those areas which I find particularly interesting. It's, it's related to what, what we talk about in 4G is self-organizing networks that, yes. that you can, that a network can, can be, you know, can self-optimize in terms of adjusting all of the parameters that you use in the base station. Um, and uh, here it's looking at things like, uh, you know, how much power do you put out, but also it's doing things like adjusting the tilt of the antenna to change the shape of the area that that as a mobile mobile network serves uh, to optimize the throughput for the people you know, moving within an area or between areas. Exactly. Um, it's, that was it's, the mass mobile case, yeah. Yeah. And should, if we then mentioned the fourth article, which is about planning in build coverage for 5G, and it's called From Rules of Thumb to Statistics in AI. That's difficult to say. And why, uh, why it's called that is that traditionally there's been an assumption that 70 to 80% of all the mobile data traffic is generated indoors. But now we have data scientists within Ericsson that are developing methods to estimate the traffic, uh, the traffic in an outdoor base station that is due to indoor usage. So mm -hmm. this means if you have a much more accurate estimation of this, you can also plan your 5G uh, deployment much more uh, accurately. So that's also a very interesting article that I would recommend everyone to read. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. You've done your pluggables. <laughs> <laughs> Plugged your pluggables. Excellent. But, but I have to say, Annette, yeah. I'm always in, always impressed at the, uh, the the range and the depth and the interest of the articles which you managed to was to put into the mobility report. Oh, the, thank the, you. The, the numbers are, are what the numbers are. I mean, that's a case yeah. of collecting them and, and processing it and, and picking out the data that's interesting. But, uh, you know, the articles gives uh, a whole range of both insights over and above uh, what the, the basic data tells us. I yeah. think so as well. I, I, I really agree. And it's really, I think we're all very happy that we have been able to do so many articles with service providers, but also with other organizations or parts of organization within Ericsson. Um, it's super, super happy to have all these uh, good people to draw content from. Yeah, it puts it into context, right? Yes, it's not just it uh, does, figures, it but it's, no. it's actually explaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, thanks, Annette, for joining our podcast and talking about the new Ericsson Mobility Report. And it was published on June 16th. So it's yes. available for everyone to download. We'll put the download link in our uh, show notes. Yeah. Or you can Google Ericsson Mobility <laughs> Report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can do that take you straight there. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you very much for having me. It, it was a pleasure, really. And thanks everyone for listening and bye. Bye. bye.